Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Miss Elizabeth to my macho man Randy Savage. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. <laughs> oh, Justin Peach. I have been looking forward to this episode. You know, 2023, we're at the end of it now. We've had some brilliant moments. We've had some awful moments. But as we always get in the championship, never fails to deliver. We have had some top tier WTF moments this year, haven't we? Yeah, huge, huge moments that make you almost do a long blink and go, huh, what? Did that happen? I don't know. Yeah. What's going on? It makes you question your existence and, you know, it's a good time. It's a good time. It's a very good time. It really is. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we've had some of the biggest <laughs> WTF moments we've yeah. ever had in the time that we've been doing the podcast anyway. Just, I mean, I'm just looking at the top four in particular here, <laughs> they are just absolutely mental. Do you want to do you want to explain what WTF means for those who aren't common practiced in the uh, slang terms of youth? Yeah, if you're not down with the Urban Dictionary, WTF stands for <laughs> what the fart? Um, no, it stands it stands for the F word. Um, and that's basically what we're talking about here. Welcome to the number one championship podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, we're counting down the 10 biggest WTF moments in the championship this calendar year. So I tell you what, Justin, shall we just dive straight in with it and go with what we have as number 10? In number 10, we have Sunderland's Luco 9 giving Jacob Sorensen a Big old kiss on the lips. Um, we start off with a man who is responsible for providing us with plenty of content in 2023. Of course, he was the winner of the second tier shithouse of the year award in 2023 <laughs> as well. Um, so let us set the scene. It's Norwich v Sunderland at Carrow Road back in March. Uh, actually, Justin, why don't you describe what happens here? The storyteller I am, I can I can certainly have a go with it. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't even remember what the score was. I can only remember what happened. I think Sunderland were one nil up in like the 80th minute at it's, this stage. It's whatever gets that sort of shithousery out out of an individual. So there was a, a slight shove from Luco Nine on on Jacob Sorensen into the hoardings. Nothing, nothing major. Yeah, a bit playful. Um, and Soren, Sorensen rightly takes exception to it. No one wants to be pushed into an inanimate object that could potentially damage you. Um, mm. And they both hold on to each other. They both hold on to each other. In an act of emotion, an instinct, however you want to describe it. And uh, Luco 9 plants a peck on Jacob Sorensen um, on the mouth. It was a, it was a mouth kiss. And uh, <laughs> Sorensen then grabs Luco 9 by the throat, either happy to crack on with uh, whatever comes next, or very unhappy about this sincere act of uh, shithousery. 
Yeah, it's, it's like he has a split moment where he's like, oh, sh- should we do that again? And then he's like, actually, no, I didn't like that. And I remember watching this at the time and thinking, did he just kiss him? And then Sky showed a replay and it was like, he did. He gave him a little peck on the lips. And I love the change in facial expressions from 09. He goes from grinning devilishly beforehand, gives him a smack on the lips, and then his face is stern as anything like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what, don't know what you think I just what did. <laughs> it's like he knows he's rent-free in Sorensen's head. And Sorensen's reaction is, you know, great as well. He's just bemused, then puts around, puts his hand around his neck in anger. It's just top-tier shithousery, isn't it? It really is. Again, it's it's the it's the sort of shithousery that you almost need within your team. Every team needs one, but I don't think anyone does it quite as good as Luke 09. I can't remember too many players planting kisses on opposition players to piss them off it's a very rare act of um, s housery and i think it was executed perfectly it absolutely was honorable mention as well for him jumping on alex scott's back during a counter-attack as well (laughs) and forcing him to give him a piggyback um believe it or not that won't be the last time 09 features on this list i don't want to give anything away but uh yeah, he's he, he could he's one of those who could have a bit of a list of his own, couldn't he? But, An episode uh, of his own. Yeah, basically. Let's go to number nine, Justin. That is Wigan not paying players. Now it feels like a long time ago that Wigan were in the championship, but of course they were this year. And one of the reasons why they're not in the championship anymore is because they kept getting points deductions for not paying players. They failed to pay them five times last season. And each time the club came out and said, Oh, sorry about that. This won't happen again. For it to then happen again the month after, it was absolutely farcical, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a an absolute. It was a clown show, really, from the owners and you know the the board and, and the communication from the club was. I know, they were being fed awful, awful mistruths, shall we say, from the ownership at the time. It was, um, it was, it was chaotic. It was ridiculous, and it's one of those things where it happens the first time. You can almost excuse it. You can go, okay, you know, these things do happen. You know. You can sometimes not get paid on time at a workplace as long as it doesn't happen again. It's a mistake. You can let it slide and it happened the second time and then you go, right, okay, something's not quite right here. And then a third time and then a fourth time and it just feels like the owners are then starting to take everybody for a ride. But I think that the the worst thing about this is the excuse was the same over and over again. Yeah, It was just over and over again, recycling the same bullshit um, repeatedly this cannot happen again almost on each occasion um, it was absolutely bonkers bizarre and, and you know Wigan nearly went out of existence because of it it was ridiculous yeah this cannot happen again until next month when it does happen again and we kept saying didn't we that this is probably going to happen again even though yeah. you know the owners were saying that it wasn't and the confusing thing was as well they were uh, paying some players at the time yeah. but not paying all of them it was so confusing so you know it's bad when one of your own players goes on LinkedIn and puts out a post criticising the owners. But that's what happened with Stephen Corker, who was a defender there at the time. He said, I might buy a football club next week, put my sponsorship all around the stadium, sign loads of players, promise the fans I am committed. And then when it comes to payday, just pay five or six players who I think are an asset to the club. Could you imagine? Again, my thoughts are with the good people of Wigan. You deserve better. It's a very sad state of affairs. I'm not sure I've ever seen a player come out and have a go at the owners like that on social media, let alone LinkedIn. 
it was, you know, LinkedIn is the weird, the weird aspect of that. But I think Stephen Cocker pretty much nailed everything there really, really well. Um, and it is, it, you know, they took Wigan, uh, the people of Wigan for a ride. Um, they took the players for a ride, the staff at the club as well. Um, you know, it's just repeated lies. And as I say, I think a player, if, you, if you're not getting paid, you have a right to voice your um, your issue with it. I think everybody, anybody does. Um, and I think it hopefully, I say hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen again. But if it does, I think, you'd, you know, more players should have a voice in these scenarios because we've seen it a couple of times in the last few years um, these things happen and I think players do need to stand up and uh, and be the communicator because the, club, the clubs don't do it and rightly so because when you're ran by liars they, they tell lies simple yes liars do tend to lie let's go to number 8 in our countdown of the 10 top top 10 WTF moments of 2023 and the next three are all managerial involved ones and we'll start <laughs> off with this one with Chris Wilder's reign at Watford now when he came in he had one task get Watford into the playoffs they had previously had Slavin Bilic in charge Rob Edwards of course before that which went very well and um, so Chris Wilder here had a great chance to get Watford into a position that they would in under the previous two managers and they definitely didn't do that 11 games in charge three wins three draws five losses it was a disaster keep in mind by the way this wasn't the Watford team of this season they had João Pedro Ishmael Assar Ishmael Assar some very good players and it just went completely tits and during that time we had a lot more moaning from Chris Rowder than we had mm-hmm. actual good performance didn't we Justin yeah, but I mean, rightly so. I think he said what everybody was thinking. All the supporters were probably thinking the same thing. I think you just needed someone to go in with a fire extinguisher and just spray everybody with this home truth of these players aren't putting their effort in, uh, which is essentially what he said. I think it's one of those situations as well. They've, they've gone through three managers in the season, three good managers. Rob Edwards eventually got promoted with Luton. Slavon Bilic is a good manager in his own right. He's had good experience in the Premier League got promoted from the Championship of West Brom. And then Chris Wilder's done wonders with the likes of Oxford, Northampton, and then Sheffield United. So these are good managers. These aren't crap managers at this level. So when you've got your your own manager coming in, openly criticising the players, knowing he's not sticking around at the end of the summer, you know, labelling them petulant despite their only being, being there for 63 days, is quite an extraordinary turn of events. But like I said... He said what everybody was thinking, and I think everybody needed to hear it. And I think Wilder, if Watford go on a, a promotion win, I think Wilder set the foundation for it. Um, I can see what you're saying. I think you're absolving Chris Wilder of quite a bit of the blame, <laughs> when I think he also deserves some of the blame mm. as well. You, you know, he'd spent so much time blaming the players, the setup at Watford as well. And it didn't seem like he ever wanted to be there. And he was only there for two months. And one month into the job, there were reports he was going to get sacked, which forced the club into putting out a statement saying that wasn't true. But that just goes to show how well it was going after that one month into the job. It it was a two-month spell where no one came out as a winner. Chris Wilder's stock had plummeted after this. Watford were even further away from the playoffs than they were when he came in. And the club hierarchy got a lot of of flack for... Hmm this all going round in this big disaster. This big disaster circle that is called Watford, I think would be the best way to describe yeah. it. Because this this a making of their own doing. They sacked a good manager in Rob Edwards who hadn't set the world right at the start of the season. Um but they, they jumped the gun and you know lost their bottle a little bit and sacked Rob Edwards and he got their nearest rivals promoted and Slavin Bilic came in. Yeah yeah I think Chris Wilde was right to 
point the finger at everybody at the football club because I do think it has helped massively but just the, the, the things he was coming out with I don't think we've seen a manager <laughs> not give a shit um, as much as Chris Wilder did join that ring yeah he's always been a bit of a straight talking bloke hasn't he but he took it to new levels during <laughs> such a short spell at Watford let's go to number seven this is Isco Munoz's reign at Sheffield Wednesday uh, is that your dog barking Justin is he I do apologise is, yeah, is he is, is that pissed off about Isco Munoz's mention as much as ever on Wednesday he's kicking off at the same yeah he's, he's thinking that's a disaster that was it it's all Chan Siri's fault for not building on the good times and he, you know he's a Wednesday fan let's, let's point that out as well oh he's okay not, he's not I, I didn't realise as, as soon as I mentioned Iskia Munoz, he's going fucking shit. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> in dog terms, yeah, he's telling all the dogs in the neighbourhood that Iskia Munoz is, uh, yeah, he's dog tribe. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, just remind everyone of how it went. Ted Lee games in charge for Isco. Zero wins, two draws, eight losses, five goals scored. 18 conceded, 18 conceded. The joint worst start to a season by any manager in championship history. And it was an unmitigated disaster. It's the definition of disaster. I'm glad you pulled me in like that because this was this was like the film Poseidon. I don't know if you've seen Ooh. it. You probably haven't because Ooh. you... Um, but I, for me, the, the ship was bowled over upside uh, down, uh, the moment Munoz was employed, whatever the um, whatever the nautical term is for ship, ship being upside down. Um, and there was no way of correcting it. There was no way Munoz was going to correct it because Chan had stirred this nightmarish pot of nightmares shall we say, yeah, again, good. very eloquent here. Um, and, and, and Munoz just wasn't clearly the guy to uh, to get it. And not least as well, he's got the tactical nous, or as much tactical nous as a doorknob. His constant battles with local media were awkward to listen back to as well. Um, and I, I, I should know, but I don't know. I don't know who had the worst championship or joint worst um, championship start as a manager. Was it Kenny Jackett uh, or I Alan Stubbs? I think it was uh, Bolton actually a few years ago I can't remember who was in charge there at the time but you know for anyone to even match that was impressive but I, I genuinely think this is the worst reign um, of any of any manager in the championship uh, this was genuinely quite astoundingly bad because they were hopeless and Danny Royal I mean he's shown he's shown what he can do um, I think he's doing a, a good job um, even if he was doing an okay job it would still be deemed an incredible job because Munoz's bar was set so low well it was a very very low bar wasn't it and I remember when disappointment was announced we both said this doesn't seem like a good idea because <laughs> even though he got Watford promoted he was doing it with an extraordinarily talented squad yeah. and you know the old tactic was pass to Ishmael Assar and let's see what happens. And it worked very well, but Sheffield Wednesday didn't have Ishmael Assar. So that was always going to be a bit of a problem. And obviously he wasn't helped by what happened in the summer and Wednesday just being very ill-prepared with the squad for this championship season. However, he always looks like he was pretty out of his depth in that situation at Wednesday. And it wasn't really a surprise that he went as completely tits up as it did, unfortunately. Let's go to number six. And th this is a bit of a positive one, Justin. It's Neil Warnock coming out of retirement and saving Huddersfield Town. The thing is, Neil Warnock has come out of retirement before. So that bit is not so much of a surprise. But to save Huddersfield from the impending doom of relegation was mind-blowing. They had nine games remaining. They were six points from safety. Had only won one from their previous 
13. Warnock had been there for six games and it looked like even he was struggling to turn things around. But why did we even worry? He won <laughs> six of his final nine games. Six from nine after only winning one from 13 prior to that. He won as many games as his 15 in charge as the two managers before him. <laughs> it was just a mind-blowing turnaround, Justin. It really was. If I remember rightly, I mean, we conceded that Huddersfield were going to uh, going to go down to sort of late February, early March. We conceded that Huddersfield were going down. The local journalists conceded that Huddersfield were going to go down because there was just no light at the end of the tunnel. Warnock couldn't get the team to click. Um, and then the international break came and things started to get slightly better just before the international break. And then international break came, reset, and they just went. They went and they went and they went. And that turnaround genuinely is, for me, since covering the Championship on this podcast, one of the best turnarounds in form that I've seen. Because the squad wasn't built to be... A cha- it's not a championship squad. It's, it no. wasn't capable of, of of performing at the heights that it did under Neil Warnock and being so ruthless in and out of possession, as they Neil Warnock sides always are. Um, they were stubborn. All the traits that Neil Warnock has as a manager were put into that Huddersfield team, and it was you know a near perfection of um, or, or a near you know perfection of what Neil Warnock is as a manager um, in a sense, um, and 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 it, and it carried them it carried them through. And as I say. He's a special manager. It takes a special manager to, to do that, and he did it. He turned it around. Yeah. It was like he was just waiting for those final nine games. He was like, okay, I'll start trying now. And then he just wanted to make it as dramatic as possible, didn't he? But you're right. I don't think anyone gave Huddersfield much of a chance of staying up there. I mean, I know Huddersfield. some Huddersfield fans were giving us stick for saying that they were down at that point. But everyone was saying they were down. Pretty much every yeah. Huddersfield fan was down yeah. saying they were down at that point. Um, but that just goes to show what a ridiculous job that he was that Neil Warnock did, and I look forward to him doing exactly the same thing in March of 2024. Let's go to number five on our countdown of the 10 biggest WTF moments of 2023. Actually, you know what, Justin, we'll take a break. Then we'll go on to our top five. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. This is our countdown of the top 10 WTF moments of 2023. And we're on to number five now. And this one is a bit of a different kind of a WTF, isn't it? It's Luton Sounds promotion to the Premier League. The reason why it's a WTF moment is because it's the sheer shock 
at the achievement by Luton Town over several years. And this was the culmination of it, wasn't it? Because keep in mind, they weren't being tipped for promotion by anyone last season, except maybe someone on this podcast. Don't know name any names. (laughs) (coughs) Don't think for a second that it was Justin. Um, but, (laughs) But Luton going from the conference to the Premier League in 10 years is just such a WTF achievement that I can't see it being topped again for a long time. It's just one of those situations where even when they're in the playoff final and Fankati Darbo's lined up for that penalty, you're still thinking that they can't. They can't. Because the story's just so unbelievable. Um, and I know we can we can really big it up and, 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 and sing the praises quite often, but to go from non-league football, you know, the, the brink of existence, non-league football... And then coming back through back through the um, the football league is just ridiculous. And then to be able to compete with teams with higher budgets than them, you had the likes last season when 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 Luton did go up, the likes of Norwich, Watford, um, West Brom. You know, the t- teams with big budgets with parachute payments, they competed and they bettered them. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Coventry's achievement, who also got into the playoffs at the point. But Luton's rise is just out of this world. It, it shouldn't have happened, but it did, and it's down to the incredible work that goes on behind the scenes of the football club. Yeah, to get promoted in the way they did as well was just crazy. I mean, Coventry's Fankety Darbo spooning that penalty and then getting released days afterwards oh, was absolutely Ugh. brutal. Um, and also, you know, the I suppose the trauma, for the lack of a better term, on the day as well with Tom Lockyer collapsing. I mean, yeah, of course, exactly. he collapsed quite recently as well, but everyone seems to forget that he also did it during the playoff final in May as well. So there was just so much to that final in itself but then the you know other narratives from Luton's promotion you know Pellegrino Campanzu going with them from yeah. non-league to the Premier League and Kenilworth Road I think that one speaks for itself there's just so much to this wonderful story and you know I will unashamedly admit as a neutral I am desperate for Luton to stay up in the Premier League in 2024 because it would just be such a magical story and you know, be a great reward for them um, after all the hard work that's been put in over the past decade. Um, let's get off all the sappy shit and talk about some <laughs> proper nutty moments in 2023, Justin. This, I mean, th- this top four is pretty mad. Let- let's be honest. We'll go to number four, which is Luco 9 saving a dog. Yes, it's Sunderland's Luco 9 again, except... This isn't anything to do with him being a shit house on the pitch. This is him being a saint in real life. So, Justin, I'm, I'm going to ramble a bit here, but I, I remember seeing this on X, formerly known as Twitter, and it was a screenshot of a Facebook, a Facebook post. So when you see anything like that, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. But then local media clarified the story and it turned out to be true. So this post <laughs> came from someone called Jeff Gowland, Labrador had apparently gone into the sea and gone under the water before it was pulled out by its owner. And a man ran over, started pumping the dog's chest until it coughed up water and got to its feet again. Jeff, who wrote the post, says he recognised him, even though other people on the the beach didn't. It's just such a nice story, but so bad at the same time. A nice story that makes you have to reread it three times and go, what, what? Like you just you question yourself, your own sanity. Um, I mean, how often does Luke 9 perform dog CPR? 
to know what to do in that situation. Um, it might seem pretty, yeah, pretty routine thing, but clearly he was the only person on that beach who knew how to perform CPR on a, on a canine. It's just, <laughs> again, it's just mind blowing. Like what? Um, and and again, this you know, post post the incident, the, the chant the supporters came up with, um, he'll shoot, he'll score, he'll save your Labrador. This <laughs> um, I, I forgot about that. I think it's just absolutely perfect. And I'll be honest, I'm disappointed. I, I don't hear it still <laughs> in the stadium because that is a um, that is such a unique a unique chant and situation to be in. And glad the dog walked away. And Luke Nine gets hero status. It's such a story. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> It's absolutely <laughs> mental, isn't it? I mean, he's such a character in himself. If this happened to, I don't know, any average championship footballer, you'd be like, okay, yeah, that, that's a bit strange. But it's Luke Nine who is just absolutely mad. Just finding finds himself in these situations. <laughs> he's a dog avenger. It's like, how do you get how do you get into these situations, Luke? It's just absolutely brilliant. Oh, God. Um, Let's go to number three, which is one which is still happening in front of our eyes uh, at this very moment. It's John Eustace's sacking at Birmingham and Wayne Rooney's appointment, which followed. I mean, I'm sure we're all very aware of what's happening here. Birmingham City sat fifth in the table after seven consecutive seasons where they finished in the bottom half. So incredible achievement by John Eustace to get them to that stage so what's the most sensible thing to do in that situation sack the manager who got you to the dance in the first place and it's a decision which has been made to look worse and worse as the weeks go by yeah it's uh, Shanfranco Solo part two isn't it it's uh, the sequel you don't want to watch and it's as you say it's happening right in front of Horizon it's crazy that it's Birmingham again um, that have put themselves in this situation with, with different owners um, obviously, rumours did circulate in the summer, didn't they? And you get that quite a lot with new owners, anyway. There's always, um, there's always not discontent, but there's always, always uh, noise around the future of your current manager. Um, so when September rolls around, and Birmingham are in a really good place at, the, at this point, um, Johnny Scissors got them clicking. They are playing well, and they are where they should be in the league, in and around sort of mid-table, just just outside the playoffs. It just your head goes into your hands as a from a neutral perspective, definitely. And then, and then the reasoning, the the, the front foot, um, no fear football, um, yeah. I don't think there's a bigger act of self sabotage um, in the league this season, maybe even this decade. It's just ridiculous. It's yeah, pointless, pointless, a pointless situation to put yourself in. Yeah, and it seems like what what reports were saying at the time, and what it just seems like the only reason to do this was for was because they wanted the bigger name in charge. Not, you know, anything to do with managerial ability or what they've done in the past, just purely because they thought we want someone who's a big name in charge of our football club. Is it to do with, you know, potentially making a documentary down the line or something like that? I mean, who bloody knows at this stage? But why? Why did they decide to? I mean, obviously, the old saying is if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, And for some reason Birmingham did and they've definitely not fixed it have they <laughs> well no they haven't they've made it a hell of a lot worse and, and, and to think as well that this this pips Tom Brady coming into the football club as a what the fuck moment um, I think just goes to show how downright stupid and 
questionable this is a proper WTF heads gone moment from the owners um, it's just uh, yeah it's it, it's a scenario they didn't need to do they could have done it at the end of the season and given Rooney a full pre-season and allowed Eustace to to move on with his stock still high and the club in a safe position but now they're staring down the barrel yeah and the owners had done such a fantastic job up until that point haven't they they've done yeah. so well in making Birmingham fans believe again making them appreciate what the owners are trying to do and this was a fantastic way to undo that all very quickly. And now I, I don't know what the consensus is around Birmingham supporters, but I imagine a lot of them have had their trust in these owners damaged quite considerably by this very simple decision that they did not have to make. Let's go to our top two. And this top two is fantastic. It could have been either one who won this year, but it it had to be number one, I'm afraid. But number two is a very worthy <laughs> winner in its own right. It's Gareth Ainsworth's Hacker. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've watched this video this year, but it may be in the region of triple figures. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, Gareth, Gareth Ainsworth got an authentic Maori in to do the Hacker with the QPR team as part of a team bonding thing. So... They bring him in as a surprise and, you know, he's doing his thing, making noises and doing a little dance. And the camera pans to the players who look at him <laughs> like he's just bent over and shat in his hand. <laughs> I've never seen a group of men who look less impressed than this group of players right here. If just one of the players in the video was smiling, it would be so much less awkward. But instead, they're all just glaring at him. And it's so funny. It's so awkward as well, but who who signed off the video? Who said, yes, this is a great bit of content, let's let's record this. And then who, who edited it and gone, um, yeah, no, let's put this out. Without, <laughs> just focusing on the players' faces within the video as well. No one's gone. No one at any point has gone, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we shouldn't put this out. Just, the thing is, if you watch that video again and again, just focus on a different player each time yeah. and you will, you will piss yourself. It's just I, awesome. I was going to say, I think I, I, I do remember Sam Field. I think it's Sam Field. He's chuckling, like he's laughing, like yeah, he's covering there, his mouth. There's a few people <laughs> sniggering at the back, but that, that's what I mean. If one of those players who was sniggering at the back was at the front, it would be a little less awkward. But you've just got these 10 players at the front who are just like, what on earth is happening here? But then the, the moment where it cuts to Gareth Ainsworth doing the hacker himself as well, I think is so like yeah. he's so stiff doing it. <laughs> it's it's such a dad at a wedding disco, isn't it? God, like yeah. he, he's doing the cha cha slide. Oh, <laughs> you may as well have done that because it that's how it would have had exactly the same impact. Be, I mean, fair play to the hacker man because not only did he become a meme, but. I mean, how often does he get gigs at football clubs? He's gone, no, this is easy money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, and, honestly. Yeah. And this, may I remind you, by the way, this happened after they lost 3-1 at home to Blackburn in his first game in charge. They would go on to lose their five of their next six after this. So it yeah, clearly didn't work well. very well at all. But at least we got a great moment. So thank forever, you, Gareth. Forever, a forever moment. Never okay. going <laughs> His, his spell at QPR was an absolute shambles, but we got that. And that's the greatest thing that he's given us potentially ever. Uh, let's go to number one, Justin. Number one is Dave Chancery's press conference welcoming 
Isco Munoz to Sheffield Wednesday. Dave von Chancery had to feature on this list somewhere. In truth, we have made a whole, we, we could have made a whole list of WTF moments dedicated to Dave von Chancery himself, the Sheffield Wednesday owner. Uh, Darren Moore sacking the various statements he released over the course of 2023, announcing he was no longer funding the club anymore and then funding the club not long afterwards. However, he out chanceried himself with the Isco Munoz press conference. Um, do you remember where you were when this happened, Justin? It's like JFK's assassination. <laughs> I, I remember where I was during that Chancery press conference. Yes, I, I, I don't think I specifically remember where I was, but I remember just the chaos ensuing online afterwards. Um, mm. it, it, is, it is one of those moments where you just like, your jaw just it's like slightly slightly down from its usual position. It's like, oh God, this isn't good. This is not good. <laughs> I remember where I was because I'd just come home from somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Um, and I, I just looked on Twitter and suddenly I saw loads of Sheffield Wednesday accounts saying, this is a disaster. So I suddenly realised what was happening. Sheffield Wednesday were live streaming the mm. press conference of Isco Munoz's unveiling. And I tuned in and it was wonderful. And thanks to the wonders of modern technology, the whole press conference is still on YouTube now. And <laughs> the best bit of all, ladies and gentlemen, because it was live streamed, you can see the YouTube comments as they were being posted <laughs> at the time. <laughs> And oh, it is, God. it is fantastic. They go from welcome to Hillsborough Isco, you know, I hope you do a great job, that kind of thing, to somebody please stop him talking so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to, if you go onto that video and look at the comment section from any moment between the eight minute and 15 minute mark, it is so funny. Every single comment is about Chancery. Please stop talking. Here's just a handful from 9 minutes, 45 seconds. Um, this has got beyond cringy now. Chancery, please stop talking. You're ruining this. We're getting relegated. <laughs> Isco looks like he's being held hostage. <laughs> he does, he does. <laughs> did, did you have some, Justin? Well. Did you have some... Yeah, the one I got was like, this is embarrassing. And another one is like, I can't remember the question, but it's just being held hostage. It's like, <laughs> Munoz is like, captors treated me well. I'm well fed. I'm, I'm all right. And then finally gets released in October, doesn't he? Poor son. Poor, poor, poor man. And I know we berated him already in this episode, but... Oh, God. Let's be honest. Like, if you are... If your press conference has been likened to a kidnap video, <laughs> your, tenure, your tenure is not going to get off to a good start, nor is it going to sustain uh, consistency. <laughs> and I know we can laugh about it now because Wednesday, there is light at the end of the tunnel because Danny Royal is doing a great job. But from a neutral perspective, that genuinely was toe-curling, uh, toe-curling awkwardness <clears throat> and hilarious. Oh my, <laughs> my heart, my heart can't take this. We haven't even talked about what actually happened in the press conference yet. No. Um, so the press conference starts... Isco Munoz gets asked one question. The next question is asked to Chan Siri. He talks for three minutes about why he picked Isco, how difficult it was finding the right man. All fairly normal for a press conference. Um, one comment at this point says, good to hear the chairman speaking live in English. You are about to regret saying that, good sir. Um, he gets another question about Darren Moore and his answer is 10 minutes long. <laughs> he starts ranting about how he was right to sack him and he's doing what he can to 
defend the club after statements uh, after a statement about speculation that more left because the pair had fallen out over the transfer budget. Chancery was basically saying that's not true. Do you really believe him? I don't know. Um, he then brings up Carlton Palmer and the whole thing really goes off the rails. The next seven minutes are Chancery accusing Carlton Palmer formerly of Sheffield Wednesday, of course, of damaging the club, being an attention seeker, hiding behind social media. It's so painstakingly cringeworthy. And the whole time you've got Isco Munoz sat next to him looking so awkward. No idea what he's meant to be doing in this situation. It's absolutely fucking quality. It's the, it Munoz looks like a uh, someone who's gone to their friend's house and their parents giving... Their friend yes. an absolute bollocking. And Munoz is just sat there like, okay, uh, I'm going to go home now. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. His face does not change throughout the whole thing. And he is just looking down like, I've made a big mistake here. Why did? Why but have I decided to, to do this? To be, to be fair to Munoz, though, he does draw a line at some point, he says, "Look, we need to look to the future. We can't dwell on the past." He does. He does do a good job of. But he does a good job of trying to steer the conversation away from Chancery, Carlton Palmer, and Darren Moore, and focus on the future. But I, I, I can't remember what he said. I don't know what he said. No point in wondering what he said because everything that preceded it before it is just burned into the mind. <laughs> Honestly, just... <laughs> I'm telling you, dear listener, if you want just. 10 minutes of pure entertainment go on youtube look at the comment section of this press conference as it happens from eight minutes to 15 minutes it's absolutely amazing you, you couldn't write the awkwardness any writer of the office us office any any awkward sitcom writer that loves to thrive on the the, the toe curling aspect of comedy couldn't write that as well as it went. <laughs> it's beautiful. I also love as well when he asks, um, he, he forgets Carlton Palmer's name, he calls him Carl Layton initially, <laughs> and he, um, he he turns to the press officer who's off the screen and says, what's his name again? And you can just see, you, you can just imagine the press conference, uh, the press officer is just like, Carlton Palmer, yeah. And, and he's just like, <laughs> I have no idea what to do in this situation. I, I am out of my depth here. <laughs> Press officers at Sheffield Wednesday deserve a fully inclusive oh paid God. holiday. <laughs> because what it's they have more to than that, Justin. <laughs> yeah, they deserve to leave the club and get find a job that oh. isn't as volatile and crazy as it is elsewhere. Honest, it's just exceptional, <laughs> absolutely exceptional. And um, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. The top ten what the fuck moments in the championship of 2023. Um, I mean, will we ever see a year like this? I sure hope so, because if we, if we have a press conference or the hacker like uh, we had again in 2024, then my God, it's going to be a bloody good year. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. This has been our top 10 what-the-fuck moments of 2023. And we'll be back again very soon. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. And a big thank you for listening. Second Tier is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.